Shall we just raise our hands and pray for Steve? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Steve from Ottawa. Thank you for the word you have released through him. And our hearts are open to receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Am I all right here, Joel, or should I move over? I'm good. I got a thumbs up. Oh, there we go. Good morning, everyone. It's uh, great to be here. Great to be with you. Joel, am I allowed to move around a little bit, or do I have to stay? I can move around. Okay, perfect. All right, Peru, you'll follow me. Nice. Oh. <laughs> nice. Nice. You got skills. Um, <laughs> it's great to be here. It's great to be with you uh, again. Um, it's great. We, I was able to come down on uh, Thursday. Um, with a friend of mine, Stephen, who I've lost. Give me a wave. Oh, there he is. Good. Phew, I found him again. Um, friend of mine, Stephen, who uh, was who's up with us, we were able to come down on Thursday and uh, spend some time with the leaders. Um, and can I just say before I begin, um, you guys have some fantastic leaders. It was so great to be with them. And uh, they're such men and women of stature and of measure and of insights, and to be among them and to see the unity and to see the love and to see the desire just to build God's house uh, with them was such a tremendous privilege. And so thank you, uh, James and Lee, for allowing me to be a part of that. Um, yeah, go ahead. Let's give, our, give the leaders here a great uh, round of applause. Um, I bring you greetings from, uh, from the people back home in Ottawa, but especially, of course, my Sarah, um, and, and the girls, so I had my boys with me, so it's a bit of a boys weekend down here, and Sarah kept the girls back home at the farm, and so they're having a girls weekend. Sarah's preaching in Carleton Place uh, this morning, um, otherwise she would have loved to have been down here with us as well, but she sends her love. Um, <clears throat> this morning, I want to talk to us about a story that happened a long time ago, but I believe that there are some elements of this story that I think are going to help us. And the story begins with a boy who was born, and when he was born, for some reason, and we don't know how, we don't know what happened, but his legs didn't work. He was crippled. He had feet, he had ankles, but they just didn't work. And they couldn't figure out why. And so he was not able to learn to walk, so every day he'd have to be cared for by his, his parents, his siblings, his family. And he'd grow up in a Middle Eastern town about 2,000 years ago. And every day as he got older, they had to figure out something that he could do to generate some income because they couldn't afford to just keep feeding him. So his, probably his brothers or his friends or somebody else, maybe he had to pay them, would come and collect him every morning, pick him up on a mat, and take him and set him where it was busy so that he could beg. And this was his existence. And he was always reliant on other people for everything. He couldn't get up and get his own food. He couldn't get up and go find the washroom. He couldn't go play with the other kids as he was a kid. He couldn't go and earn a job. 
uh, uh, get a job and earn income. He was reliant on everyone else around him. He had a very difficult experience. And every day was the same. Every day he'd wake up and his legs were the same. His feet were the same. And he'd wait for someone to come and get him, pick him up. And they'd put out this mat because the streets were dirty and they were full of animal uh, feces and people would spit on the road and it was dirty and it was gross. And so they put a little mat for him and he would sit there every day, every day and beg, just ask for money for people who were passing him by. And every single day was the same. Then one day, everything was still the same. The sky wasn't any bluer. The sun didn't shine any brighter. The birds weren't making extra special noise. But one day, something changed. And we're going to pick up this guy's story on that day. So if you can turn in your Bibles or in your devices to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. And I'm reading to you from the NIV, and it just says this. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Isn't this a beautiful story? But for many days, it wasn't. For most days of this man's life, up until this day, it wasn't a beautiful story. In fact, it was a tragic story, because every day he would get set, not just where it was busy, but he was outside of a gate called Beautiful. Outside, and this gate was beautiful. It was filled with gold and silver and brass, and it was designed in such a way that it would shine in the sun and kind of be a beacon to everyone around that this is where the temple is. This is where the presence of God is. This is where you can go in and encounter a God who loves you. And every day he would get so close, he would be sat outside, and he would look at everybody else going in. Everybody else going in. They get, to go, they get to go in, but not me. I'm set on the outside. This was not beautiful. This was an ugly scene. 
This was not God's best. This was not God's design. This was not beautiful. This, in, in, uh, in John chapter 1, John says, you know, that when Jesus came to earth, and it says, and we beheld his glory. But the Moffat translation translates it like this, and we beheld his beauty. And that the, the beauty and glory are tied together. And this was a gate called beautiful. And it was there to be a beacon to represent, come and experience the glory of God. Come and experience the presence of God. And he was always an outsider. He was always so close. Every day he got close to it. He could see it. He could see others enjoying it, but not him. Not him. He had to sit on his mat with his crippled legs and just ask for money. For any change? Give any money? For any change? It got so bad, he was so used to this that he'd stopped even looking up. He was one of the people you would probably see on the street, maybe with his hood over and just his cup out. For any change? But then one day, just a regular day, a day like every day, Peter and John were walking by. And it says they were going up to the temple to pray at the time of prayer. And I find this really funny. This is an aside. Because here, obviously Acts 3 comes after Acts 2. I know that's profound. Uh, <clears throat> but it is what happened. Uh, and Acts 2, of course, is you have this outpouring of the Holy Spirit and, and uh, the, you know, speaking in tongues and tongues of fire, this, this wonderful thing. And the next thing is that you have Peter and John still kind of doing the, the old stuff that they used to do, just the routine, just the daily stuff. This is our habit. We go here and pray. And they're just doing that. They're just doing something regular. They're just doing something routine. It's in the routine of their regular life that suddenly they encounter a person who says, spare any change. And they had a person on the inside of them. They had just been filled with the Spirit. They'd just been baptized with the Spirit. They just had this tremendous encounter. And suddenly they look at him and they think, well, silver and gold I I don't have. I'm not going to give you something that's going to keep you in your situation. I'm not going to give you something that's just enough so that you can repeat this groundhog day type experience tomorrow i'm not going to give you something that's going to send you home and then you're going to have to come back here for more and i'm going to i'm going to give you something that's going to break you out of your cycle but first of all you have to look at us first of all you have to lift your eyes first of all you have to shift your expectation to from receiving something that's just enough to get by till tomorrow to actually having an encounter with God that's going to set you free and change the course of your life. And so he says, silver and gold, I don't have, but I'm going to give you something different. I'm going to give you, we're going to give you what we have. And one of the things I love about this, and we're going to dissect this in just a few minutes, and we're, we're going to find, I believe, that we can identify with, with uh, both the characters in this story, both the cripple and, of course, Peter and John. And, uh, <clears throat> But he looks at them and says, in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. And I love this. It's a very, very simple command. You know what it isn't? It's not a prayer. 
it's he was he didn't begin to think, well, you're begging us, so I'm going to beg God. Oh God, could you please, maybe, spare any change? No, they understood who lived on the inside of them. They understood the power of the Holy Spirit that had just happened in the chapter before. And they knew that they had been given authority. They knew that they were walking in something. And that the authority came from the person of Jesus Christ in whose name they, were, they had. And they looked at him and they said, in the, in, the, in the name of this person, the name of Jesus Christ, walk. And they commanded him, walk. And then nothing happened. Until, says, they reached out their right hand and grabbed him. And then it says, and then, instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. When did they become strong? After they were, he was commanded in the name of Jesus, but then there was a point of contact. And it's, it's not insignificant that that happened. It's not insignificant that he didn't say walk and suddenly he jumped up. No, there was a point of contact, and I believe this is important for us. There was a point of contact where uh, Peter and John had to reach out in faith. They had to reach out and actually have a point of contact. And it wasn't just a point of contact, it was the right hand, which is significant in Scripture. And the right hand is, is a, uh, that's why um, Benjamin, the word Benjamin means son of my right hand. It means son of inheritance and belonging, and fellowship. That's why you give what's called the right hand of fellowship, of belonging, and of closeness, and of, in- and of intimacy. And they reached out, and they, they offered to him something that would have been strange for a beggar, for somebody who's probably dirty, who's probably seen as you know, one of the outcasts of society, one of the people that most people just walk right on past and don't even see. And suddenly, someone is reaching out to him with a hand of fellowship. With a, and there's a point of contact. And I believe as we move forward in the season that we're, we're in, uh, that there's an anointing for us. There's an anointing for us to have contact with people who are hungry for God. And that we can reach out with our hand, we can reach out through the hand of fellowship. We can reach out with the hand of friendship. We can reach out with the hand of belonging. And as we do, they're going to encounter Christ. As we do, they're going to encounter the God who lives inside of us. And there's so many people. Try this again. The beard is, uh, it's like a force field. It pushes things away. Powerful. That's right. Uh, um, and I believe there's so many people that we, can, that we can encounter that are so hungry, but th- they don't even know what they're hungry for. And all they're looking for is something that's going to keep them going in their day-to-day. That's going to keep them in their routine. That's going to be in just enough so that they can get back here tomorrow. And God has sent us, he's sending you and I, to say, we're not going to give you something that's going to keep you where you are. We're not going to keep you something that's going to break, that, 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 that's, that's going to keep you in this cycle of, of neediness, we're going to give you something that's going to break this cycle. And we're going to cause you to lift your expectations and look at us. So that we, as the people of God, out in the world can say, as Peter and John did, look at us. Look at us. It's, it's, it's funny to think of it that way, isn't it? That we, we often just say, no, brother, look at Jesus. 
you know, good job, brother. Oh, it wasn't me. It was Jesus. It was, you know, we can get so holy that you can't even say hello to somebody. Oh, hello, brother. Oh, don't say hello to me. Say hello to Jesus. But Peter and John, they don't say say that. They say, look at us. Because we represent someone, we know whose authority we have, but first, look at us. And the world that's hungry for an encounter with Jesus is going to first look at you. And they're going to look at us. And in us, they're going to see Christ. In us, they're going to, they're going to come in contact with a person through our fellowship with them, through our point of contact with them, they're going to encounter Christ. And they're going to come encounter men and women who know who they are, who have an authority in Jesus, who can look at their situation and simply command it to come in line with God's purpose. But first, for those of us in this story, we may also identify with the cripple, with the beggar, with someone whose daily experience has been substandard. Daily experience maybe has been close to what we know is the purpose of God, just outside, just across the street, where we can see it. We know the call of God in our life. We know what what we could do. Other people seem to be experiencing it, but we can't seem to get there. And our day-to-day expectation is just simply to get enough to continue in the routine that we're in. And I believe God at this moment wants uh, wants this to be the point of contact where he breaks us out of our rhythms and routines that are set at a substandard expectation of what God can do. And that God is saying to us, if we find ourselves identifying here with this person, he's saying, look up, look up. Lift your eyes. Lift your expectation of what I can do. Lift your anticipation of what it means to have an encounter with a living Jesus. Lift, lift your expectation on what Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday can look like. This wasn't a, a special day. This was just a one day. And this beggar had experienced thousands of them. Day after day after day, they were always the same, just enough to get by. And God wants to break us out of just enough mentality, of just good enough to get by, just good enough to get through till tomorrow. And he wants us to lift our expectations so that we can encounter a Jesus, we can encounter a God who is alive and active and can give us all that we need. And then watch what happens when we have this miracle, when we have this touch from God, when we lift our eyes and we realize, yes, Jesus is is alive and we lift our expectations and we encounter God in, in the story, suddenly his response, of course, is he's running and leaping and praising God. And you can imagine for him, it's a, it's, a, it's a moving part of the story, at least it is for me, for suddenly he's able to stand up. And, you know, he's like, wow, wait a minute. I, these, these legs that I have looked at my entire life, these things that I've, have been like a curse to me are suddenly strong. And I'm standing. And not only am I, am I standing, I can jump. And then he's like, wait, you know what I'm going to do? Oh, I'm going in. I'm going in. Every day I've sat outside of the gate called beautiful, but not today. Not today. Today's a one day, and today I'm going to get up from where I am, and I'm going to run into this gate. I'm going to run through it, and I'm going to experience the glory of God. I'm going to experience the beauty of God. And today for us is a one day. Nothing special about it. 
It's just a one day. Today's a one day. So let's stand for just a minute. We're going to be here for just a, just a few more minutes. If I can get someone to come on the uh, piano, please. We're just going to take a few minutes. There's lots more that we could look at in this scripture. It's beautiful. I encourage you to take some time on it. To meditate on it, the, the, the chapter before it is, of course, great as well. And um, but my point this morning, or what I feel is my assignment from the Lord, is to help us to lift our expectation, to look up. And we're going to lift our expectation in two ways. The first is for those of us who identify with the the beggar in this story, the cripple. This is going to sound a little bit harsh, but I know you love me. (laughs) But this is, if if you, this isn't for everybody. This is just a word for some people. And for, for a few people here, God is saying this to you. Stop begging me and know that I've come to live on the inside of you. You're not a beggar. You're not a beggar. crippled I've come to live on the inside of you lift your expectation even now of what an encounter with the risen Christ looks like just here in his presence Allow him to fill you afresh by his spirit. God, deliver us from looking to you for just enough to get through the day, just enough to repeat the same thing tomorrow. God, deliver us from building routines around low expectations. And today, God, we determine to lift our eyes, to lift our expectations. saying, but you don't understand. 
It's always been like this. It's always been like this. I've tried before and nothing's ever changed. It's always been like this. And Jesus, through, well, there it was through Peter and John, and here it's through me right now, is saying to you, look up. Look up. Look up. And you'll see encounter Christ in the name of Jesus Christ I command you to arise I command you to get up from where you are being stuck spiritually with the same thing the same expectation day after day after day I command you right now to arise to get up for your spiritual feet and your ankles to become strong. For strength to return and for hope to return and for praising and leaping and praising God to return and for there to be a hope and an anticipation to run quickly into his presence. To not think that this is something outside, this is something that you can't really experience. No, this is meant for you. So arise. Now for many of us, I believe God wants us to identify for a moment like Peter and John in the story. who even during the routines of their one day, the routines of their every day, the routines of their Tuesday, maybe they're just going to school, maybe they're just going to work, maybe they're just on the bus, maybe they're just at the Starbucks, to realize that all around us are people who are hungry, people who are far from God, people who maybe, maybe they've heard about him, they've been outside of him, They've seen other people, but they've never experienced it themselves. And do you know what? God loves them so much that he sent you to be near them. He sent you to walk past them. He sent you as the point of encounter so they can meet Jesus. I can put it this way. This was a man-made divine encounter. It wasn't just a divine encounter. This was man-made. This just happened by someone saying, spare any change. Can you give me something? And Peter and John, they thought, you know what? This has now become a divine encounter. You know why? Because every encounter with me is a divine encounter because of who lives on the inside of me. So every encounter that we have when we leave this place is a divine encounter for those who don't know Jesus. I believe God wants us to lift our expectation of what it means for us to be sent in the world. 
what it means for us just to go through our daily life. These guys weren't on a mission trip. They weren't on an evangelism crusade. They weren't, they, this wasn't the special let's go out and pray for people healing time. No, this was, they were just doing their day. This was just one day. It was just every day. And their regular everyday experience became a point of contact that delivered someone from their everyday experience and brought him into the presence of God. And that's who we are. All of us. If you know Jesus here, if he's come to live on the inside of you, then every encounter is a divine encounter. So I believe God wants us to lift our expectations. Let's just put our attention on him for a moment. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will do what only you can do. That is, take this living word and cause it to become active in your body. Let your word be sharp. Let your word become flesh and bear fruit, not just today, but on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on a one day, on an every day. God, that you would help us to lift our expectation of what it means for us to go into the world and encounter the world who's hungry for you. God, let us realize that every time we have a touch point, a point of contact, a point of fellowship, every time we reach out our right hand to somebody, that this is a moment, it's a divine encounter. Because you live on the inside of us. Oh God, lift our expectation. Lift our expectation. Lift our hope. Lift, lift our anticipation. Let there be an excitement. So that evangelism and ministry and that, these aren't scary words. These are just, these are just byproducts of a life that's been given and filled with you. And now we're sent into the world. God, lift our expectations. Deliver us from low thinking with the routines building our our daily life and our routines around low expectations. God, we just break those off right now and we lift our expectation of what it means to have you live on the inside of us. We lift our eyes, we look up and we see you. believe even now as we sit here God's putting God will put people in our mind that we encounter regularly 
And I just want us to think about that for a moment. Every encounter with me, we just say this over ourselves, every encounter with me is a divine encounter. <laughs> it's not proud. It's not pride. Because it's not you. It's who lives in you. And he does live in you. He's alive in you. It's not just a system of beliefs or a doctrine or a dead faith. No, he's alive in you. And you carry his name. You carry his authority. And God loves these people that you pass every day so much that he's put you near them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and active. We thank you, God, that we can come boldly into your presence. And we thank you, God, that you have and that you are lifting our expectation of all that you can do in us, but also all that you can do through us. God, let us go from here with raised expectations of what you can, what an encounter with you looks like for us personally. Let us leave behind these patterns and these routines, this daily experience of, that is substandard. And let us lift our eyes for our own expectation of what you can do in us, but also what you can do through us. In Jesus' all-sufficient name, amen. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, every encounter with me is a divine encounter. And every encounter with you is a divine encounter. Every encounter with me is a divine encounter. Amen? <laughs> Thank you, Steve, for the encouragement for the church. Yes. We receive it, we believe it, and we go and live it through this week. So I just bless you in Jesus' name as you go about this week's time. Have fellowship. Find the encounters, divine encounters, which God has placed in us and through us. Because we'll be talking about Jesus only. Amen? So let's uh, celebrate this week and hope to see you guys um, next week uh, for another great day. God bless you guys.